service with Laura Fox on 2FM. Okay, it is time for my favourite part of a Sunday. We are joined in studio today by the West End star and friend to the celebrities, which means he's got all the inside gossip. It is Mr. David O'Reilly. Hello. Good morning, Laura. I couldn't think of anybody better to spend my Sunday mornings with. Oh, well, I'm so delighted that you're here. Um, We have a lot to get through, but first we need to touch on Tina Turner. I mean, this isn't going to be groundbreaking um, for anybody, but you cannot let the entire entertainment world, and especially an entertainment segment, go without just mentioning how iconic she was. She really was. I mean, to get to 83 and, you know, have had such a varied career and life as well, I think that's what people are really resonating with as well. It's the fact that Tina had such a, you know, hard life at times, but then, you know, as she got older and for older women to look at, you know, Mm -hmm. she really, really got propelled into being the queen of rock and roll in the, the late 70s, early 80s. And I just think that she's a real kind of face for female empowerment, and a real kind of a message that, you know, no matter what happens in your life, you you know, the strength that she found to pick herself up and get on with that. I think that's a really strong message. And, she, I, I you know, for me personally, like I grew up with Tina's music as a kid. There's photos of me dancing on our kitchen table <laughs> in my vests and pants as a, like a three, four, five year old dancing around. And the music was just part of our DNA. And I think Irish people really, really resonated with it. I absolutely agree with you. She pulled me out of my worst hangover that I've ever had in my whole entire <laughs> life. I'll never forget get it it was at electric picnic i think maybe like five or six years ago at this point it was the sunday and i was so sick you know that point where you're just like i don't know if i can eat i don't know if i can go back in i just really want to go home i just i'm not into this and myself and brian went in to go and get a burger and then lo and behold james Kavanagh comes out dressed up as tina turner doing proud mary on this random stage and never in my life i did so much head banging i was back like as soon as the song ended i'll just never forget that it always resonated with me so anytime that i'm feeling like quite low or sick like at any of the festivals the girl's like come on Brad Mary let's go yeah, let's, let's go. do it I mean her music you hear songs and you feel like you could kick a door off a fucking hinges don't you <laughs> you're like oh my god let's do it and I think that's what that's a real testament to her you know it's really interesting the story um, when they've been trying to get her music made into a musical for years and she was just not having any of it anyway they finally got her and they said to her you know will you do it and she said I'll only do it if you get the creative team for Mamma Mia the musical okay. to do it so they did and all the girls who were playing Tina flew out to her home in Switzerland and learned original choreography from Tina in her home she would talk about her physicality all the original moves and every girl and she had a say on every girl that played Tina around the world and I just saw what a class act and how lucky for those girls to be able to touch upon the real person that they were representing on stage that's something that you will like money can't buy that no you don't get that type of experience but it just goes to show how obsessed and in her craft that she was that she's like okay fine if we're going to do this we're going to do it right yeah and I love that a bit of integrity about the project not just a money not a money yeah. cow you know she was really like no we're going to do this and we're going to do it right and I'm going to have an active role in, in, in the production of this show and I just think that's just in today's society in a throwaway society where celebs will you know they're, they're willing to do anything you know some celebs not all celebs I'm not going to go down that path the bashing everyone there was a real sense of integrity about her and I loved that R.I.P. Tina Turner R.I.P. Um, our next story today. So anytime that a millennial hears TikTok, they will think of one person and one person only, and that is Kesha. And she is talking about her anxiety and how she mistook it for a psychotic break. She did. She was getting really candid about her spirituality and stuff like that and how it helped her deal with her extreme anxiety. She was talking to Zayn Lowe on uh, uh, on the Apple Music uh, presenter's mm-hmm. uh, platform. And she just got really open about how she was 
assuming that her anxiety was a psychotic break. And I just think, you know, I'm. It's it's really interesting to hear someone speak about their mental health from a different perspective you know I mean Kesha's now she's not a wilting flare by any means mm. so you know it is quite an eccentric storyline to to read you know storyline it's a, a, a real life experience it's an interesting take on on, on on what she was going through the but way I, that I look at this is that her her anxiety was so like all consuming it took over her entire body it was it was the end of the world that she mistook it for a psychotic break which is probably the worst thing that can happen to anybody in your mental space and I just look at this and I'm like the poor girl that if somebody had kind of intervened quicker to go you're actually having a panic attack this is full anxiety we can get on top of it 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 mightn't have gotten that far that she felt that awful of course, and what's really great about this story as well is, is that uh, you know we 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 often don't see people in positions uh, you know uh, as high a position as uh, Kesha in a, in a, in a place of responsibility, coming out and talking about their mental health struggles. You know, even if that helps one person. Now I know that sounds real cliche and all, mm-hmm. but it really does make a difference because you don't know where you're going to hear this from. But if people can resonate with them, it will also be good for them to be able to go and source help and treatment. And I think that's really really important. And she spoke about that. And I just think using her platform for something like this is really, really responsible and important to her. We're really empowering the women today, aren't we? Oh, we Tina always are. Kesha, we're loving it. <laughs> David O'Reilly, we still have got Britney news to come. We're going to be talking all about Florence Pugh and how she basically flipped off Hollywood and some Sam Smith news right after these. If you were just joining us, you were very welcome back. We are doing Sunday service right now with Mr. David O'Reilly, who I actually can't see through the mics. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Got a bit of a blockade going on right there. Um, David, we talked all about Kesha there. We obviously played homage to Tina Turner, but let's get on to Florence Pugh. I adore Florence Pugh and I think obviously everybody does when she had done the Cannes Film Festival and when she was doing all the promo for Don't Worry Darling she's just unbothered she's unfazed she to me is everything a Gen Z person is <laughs> she's just a class act isn't she she's she fantastic. really is she's just fantastic so she's obviously been reflecting on her time in Hollywood and the beauty standards and the the unrealistic beauty standards that are required for actresses and put upon particularly you know actresses as opposed to actors um, the 27 year old was uh, on the cover of the Times magazine Next Generation Leaders issue and she spoke about being drawn back to Los Angeles after having quite a difficult experience originally um, she was told that she needed to lose weight. And, and she told them where to go. She did tell them where to go. And now what's fantastic is she's back now filming the WWE film Fighting With My Family opposite Dwayne Johnson. And the part that she's playing is a female wrestler with muscles and big thighs and made her own name as a champion. So she's really saying that it's a quite an uplifting and quite a, you know, empowering role to come back and play. And a kind of a, you know, a middle finger to those people who put those expectations on her to, to in order for her to be able to do a job like. Yeah, and I think that she's coming in not at a, at a good time, that's a horrible thing to say, but there there is a bit of a turn and her taking stances like this and just going no, another job will come along, whereas before another job wouldn't have come along I just finished um, Jessica Simpson's book and in that she talks about like when she played Daisy Duke in oh, The yeah. Dukes of Hazard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she 
she like I remember those photos and that video to these boots were made for walking vividly like it lives in my head rent free and she says in the book that like she couldn't see how great she looked she was constantly looking at like a pocket of fat on her stomach because she was constantly told from the age of 16 you need to lose 10 pounds you need to lose 10 pounds you need to lose 10 pounds and it just gave her such body dysmorphia and Megan Fox she did the swimsuit illustrated cover there recently and she was like I don't see myself the way other people see myself like I don't see myself as this being a beauty because the same thing happened to her in Transformers absolutely and I think there's a whole host of stories of actresses having these horrendous standards put upon them and these conversations and I think the problem is is that it's the way in which it's delivered you know it was okay to be cruel to people you know particularly in that number I speak as someone who's been acting for 16 years Laura and I was told at times that I wasn't fat enough to play the character roles and I wasn't skinny enough to be the dancer roles what? yeah I mean they are the sort of conversations that I was listening to so in my head I'm thinking well where do I fit in then am I this middle of the road kind of weight that's not going to work and the greatest thing was getting my first character role I was a lot skinnier than I am now and being able to go well actually what you said wasn't true you know but I get it all the time he's too camp he's not camp enough his Irish accent is too strong his Irish accent is not strong enough he's too big he's too skinny Uh, his hair is not uh, dark enough his hair is you know it's all these things and I get it we're actors and that's what we kind of we need to fit into a certain mould but when it becomes there's a fine line between it infecting on your own kind of personal being and I think that's where we kind of lose it a little bit and there's a grey line And but like you said there is changes coming in mm-hmm. I think people are taking accountability I think that celebrities and actors are leading the way in many ways of calling these people out and saying that's not okay yeah. stop that now you naughty man now on the other side of it I totally understand that you know you guys as actors are there to play a role mm-hmm. and to perceive a certain role but I just you know I find it very hard to to imagine being told no you need to gain like 10 kg or lose 10 kg mm-hmm. when it's just unattainable there's surely someone out there who could play that well, and who could do that exactly Renee Zellweger I mean when she was doing British Jones like her poor body she was up 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 then lost it all I yeah. mean it was different for the third movie wasn't it she, you know she played it as as she was she didn't put on weight for that did she no but also like what that does to your body anybody who has ever I mean I we're talking to everybody who grew up in the 90s like yo-yo dieting was yeah. just a cultural thing and it, it plays havoc with you mm-hmm. and you, you know she okay maybe she didn't have to do it for the third but she has suffered like massively throughout that but on a positive note here it is fantastic to see that Florence Pugh is coming back playing a wrestler and she's taking jobs in Hollywood that suit her and jobs that she actually really wants to play absolutely Um, now we need to move on to Sam Smith and I will say that I'm always on their side and I adore everything that they've ever done but this just doesn't stand up for me I just think it's a bit like it's a bit much yeah and it's a bit confusing actually I was all outside we nearly needed a PhD in detective work (laughs) to try and figure out what happened on the night anyway Sam Smith had to cancel uh, a concert at the Manchester Arena. Not before, not hours before, four songs in. Four songs into the arena. Now, the the arena was plunged into darkness and fans, obviously, this is the arena where we had that horrible terrorist attack a few years ago at the Ari- uh, Ariana Grande concert. So fans were left waiting in the darkness and after four songs, it was they said it was a technical difficulty, but then it was announced that Sam wouldn't be returning because of vocal issues. They did four songs on stage, 
and then just didn't come back out again. And then just didn't come out and left the fans sitting there waiting until an announcement was made that the concert was cancelled. Now, we were speaking, Laura, and I think there's a responsibility here. We're Like we said, we are constantly uh, sick enough for them, empowering them. You know, I, I'm, I'm proud of them as a person. Mm-hmm. I, I love their, um, their, their vivaciousness and love of life and just their ability to be able to live their through authentic self. But I think when you are touring, and people are spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds not only on the concert they'll get their money back for the concert they won't get their money back for hotels no and sorry hotels are scandalously priced Uh, particularly in Manchester have you seen some of the prices outrageous so for me I'm a little bit disappointed I I read some of the tweets online people were very upset so I mean listen here's another question for you Laura how would you feel if someone if they I mean you might not even know I mean you would because you're very clever but how about if they had recordings of him live recordings from previous concerts and he was lip syncing how would that fit with you if you'd spent money give me a show give me a show to be completely honest if I've gone out I've gone that far I have paid my hotel not even that I've gone to the effort to go to your gig and I'm standing there and you give me four songs and then you tell me alright good luck call it a night yeah just put on something and give me a disco. Well, this like, is it. Give me a it's, night exactly. out. Exactly, come out. Don't even sing into the microphone. Just, to, you know, do, let the BVs occasionally do it. Ah. You know, <laughs> it works for Posh Spice. <laughs> you leave my Posh alone. I will, I will. David O'Reilly, we'll be back with some Britney news in just a sec. Here we go. Sunday service with Laura Fox. On 2FM. Ooh, Sunday service with Laura Fox on 2FM. Mr. David O'Reilly, our West End star, who was in doing our Sunday service today. Our final story, we're ending it on a good note. Brittany is finally reunited with her mother. She has been finally reunited with her mother after years. I mean, this has been quite a public falling out, you know. Well, all her family, but her mother, particularly on social media, Brittany had blocked her mother and her mother had made comments and please, please, Brittany, you know, unblock me. I love you. I apologise for any hurt that you're feeling. And they finally met up this week that her mother flew in from Louisiana to LAX Los Angeles and went to the anytime someone says LAX all I have is sweet dreams my LAX LAX. oh my god that was a good duo Eurovision next year Laura (laughs) yeah sure let's do it we we don't want to get through again (laughs) and absolutely (laughs) we'll do it that way so yeah so um, the mother flew out now they did only spend half an hour but that's half an hour more than they've had in the last couple of years how do we know this much information like how do we know they just got 30 minutes together was it TMZ no Britney text me okay no yeah it was (laughs) reported TMZ I think so there you go so, so could probably have been had about three days three days yeah two to three working days um, now the hus- her husband was obviously there as well I think that's really important particularly after the headlines that have come out recently saying mm. that he's wanting to divorce her allegedly you know but he spoke out against the TMZ documentary that was released as well recently so for me again I think things you know it's a, such a huge change and process in our life I haven't been in that conservatorship I think we underplay it now she's out of it we don't actually give it the full volume of thought yeah. you know I feel sorry as well because like everybody and and I know everybody listening here like you've had spats with your family I've had spats with my family and you do them in private and you know you might go for a while without speaking and then you connect again and it's just like a family is they're the most chaotic fights in the whole entire world but then the meetups are like yeah I'm sent you good yeah I'm good you don't speak about it you just move on you from just it. move on um, but with Brittany it's because we've watched it like a television show for mm-hmm. the last 12 years and we've seen the fallout with her family and her parents and stuff so anytime that they, they meet back up together again it's quite tough because there's so much pressure on them like is it going to go well is it not going to go well whereas the baby steps is what we should be focusing on here the baby steps that they are in the room together even if it 
it is just for half an hour even if that is accurate reporting that yeah. it's like great you got a half an hour together the next time it might be an hour the next time you might actually go for dinner together the next time you might spend the night you might go on holidays it's it's building back up that connection that isn't going to happen overnight basically what I'm saying is I just feel so bad for her because it's been played out for the entire world and family dramas our family dramas everybody has them behind closed doors sometimes that's the best way to deal with them as you said we can just deal with it ourselves move on see them alright yeah and let it go you know yeah. water under the bridge but for Brittany I don't think she's been allowed that time to be able to do that obviously like you said um, and obviously trust issues with her parents you know her father had her you know in a place that she didn't want to be yeah. so she was lashing at everyone so great news we're delighted for Brittany go on Brittany let's finish it on one more little great news nugget of a story today David you went on a little trip during the week to go and see the Lion King. Laura Fox sent me off on my holidays <laughs> over to sunny Bristol and I got a little preview of the Lion King the musical. I got a special backstage tour and I got to meet some of the stars of the show and I got to meet Alan McHale and Brian Gilligan, two Irish lads who were in the show. They played Timon and Brian has been just announced that he will be playing Scar in the Dublin run of the show. Coming to the Borgosh in September, Laura, it's a sensation. Visually, it's incredible. It's like all the very best of theatre and performing arts all wrapped into one extravaganza. Puppetry, singing, dancing, you know, the choreography is out of this world. And does the show, the opening alone, will have you crying. <laughs> it's, it's one for all the family everyone of all ages my dad went to see it on Broadway a few years ago my mum and still to this day he's like I love The Lion King the musical was great and I saw when I went that was having, now I've worked in musical theatre commercial musical theatre in West End for 16 years I'd never seen The Lion King stop it so it was my first time I this week I was just going to say have you not seen The Lion King loads? I have never seen it and you know I've never seen Le Mis either that's, isn't that hilarious having worked in musical theatre is for so it long. kind of the equivalent to you know when you live in a place like you know okay like living in Dublin or when I lived in London I only did things in London when my friends came over <laughs> to visit yeah, exactly. because you're showing them around yeah. is it like that in it is that thing of, are you going to Trafalgar Square oh god no it's too busy there <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere near the place yeah it's very much that vibe and I have to say honestly I'm not even just saying this it's a rec- I would recommend it for everyone. It's, it's such a fantastic piece of theatre. 25 years. Amazing. 25, it's lasted the test of time. 25 years for any show to be running still in its original format. Sensational. Tickets are on sale now. I'm assuming you can get them on BorgoshEnergyTheatre.ie. Yes, and from September, go see it. David O'Reilly, we will see you right back here again next Sunday. Hopefully, if you'll come back to us. Uh, Laura Fox, <laughs> anything for you. Here we go. Sunday service with Laura Fox on 2FM.